BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, welcome back to We Met at Acme. I'm so excited for Vinay from Indian Matchmaking. I was obsessed with the show, like could not stop binging it. And I had so many thoughts, which I've shared with you in the past, but now I get to talk to an actual person from the show and hear their thoughts on their own experience being on the show. So if you haven't watched the show already, I would suggest you press pause or stop right now on this podcast, go watch the show and then come back and listen to this episode because I really, really want to hear your thoughts as you listen, and if you agree with what his perspective is, et cetera, et cetera. So, or listen first and then listen to the show. So anyway, I wanted to answer a few of your questions before I get into this. Please excuse the bird that is next to me. I don't know if you can hear it, but it is squawking and it's so annoying, but I'm trying to be zen. So firstly, I just want to say thank you so much to all of the support that you guys gave me. I lost my dog for 24 hours uh, last week and it was the scariest 24 hours of my life. I was so sad. I was hysterical. I had no idea where he had gone. I don't even know to this day like how he came back. He just kind of showed up at our door. We had put out things that smelled like us. So I'm hoping, thinking that that might be why. Um, But it was a really scary experience and you all were so sweet and kind and you know, really supported me and I'll never forget that. So dating friends and determining whether a friendship is just friendly or flirty. This question came from a woman and if it's a heterosexual situation, I have to tell you, you would know if this guy um, wants to be more than a friend. You 100% would. Like you'd either feel the vibe or one of your mutual friends would have told you they had a crush on you in the past. Like I would just assume that your friendship is friendly until otherwise noted. Like I have, you know, I have guy friends and some of them I know are just my friends and some of them I know have a crush on me. But like that's still, you know, I still keep them in the friend zone. So I think like you would know. Tips for making it less awkward when meeting someone from an app for a date. It's funny because it's going to be awkward no matter what. But I think you both need to acknowledge that and kind of like think in the mindset that you're meeting a friend. Like you're not meeting this like person you kind of talk to on an app. Like you're meeting a friend, like give them a hug. If you feel comfortable, you know, make jokes like, so like we've like, it's funny to meet a pen pal, whatever it has to be. Just don't pretend that or like not address the fact that you met on a dating app and you're meeting in person. Like if you feel awkward about it, the best way, in my opinion, to relieve the awkwardness is to acknowledge it. Like I remember when I was dating, um, you know, from apps, I would, I would be like, so, so how the apps going for you? Or like, is this your first app date? Like I would just like kind of joke and you know, like it's funny for both of you. You met on an app, like what's the big deal? How your responsibilities and priorities change from dating to being in a relationship. This is a really great question. I think when you're dating, like you're just having fun with this person, you know, they're not like a priority for you. They're just like part of your life is like that you go on dates with them. And then once they become your boyfriend or girlfriend or partner, um, things do change. You kind of have to put them first in a way and care, like 
care more about how they're feeling and, you know, if they're comfortable and you obviously you start introducing them to your family and to your friends. And I think it's really important to when you're in a good relationship and we've talked about this recently on our Instagram, you want to make the other person happy. Like that is your priority. That becomes your priority. And so that doesn't mean sacrificing your own happiness. No, not at all. No way. But it means like you're looking out for them. You're making sure that you, you know, do things to make them happy, whether that's something as simple as like, I don't know, having sex, if if that's what you want to do, or getting them their favorite ice cream when you're out and you see it, like little things, um, or just like, you know, it's just like you, you got to put this person first. And, and that's the mark of a good relationship. And if you're not able to do that, I would say you're not ready for a real relationship. And again, that doesn't mean you shouldn't be happy. You should be happy first and foremost, but you should also want to make them happy because that, like, don't you want to make them laugh? Don't you want to make them smile? If you really love them, I feel like that's something that you want to do. Can you talk about depressive episodes because of the pandemic? I think everyone has gone through them. You know, it's really hard to be happy all the time when there's craziness going on in the world. We're in the middle of a pandemic. Life is not back to normal. And there's so much racism and like there are horrible things going on in this country right now. And so it's not crazy to or it's not abnormal rather to have depressive episodes right now. A lot of people are out of work. And I think for me, like my go-to is to talk to a therapist, if you're able to, to talk to a professional. And we have tons of recommendations in our highlights on our Instagram. We also have recommendations of therapists who take your insurance of like free or cheaper therapy options. So that would be my first suggestion. But then secondly, like you can let yourself feel those feelings. I think everyone is going through them. And so it's not, it's not like you should feel guilty for having depressive feelings. What does help me is to focus on what the blessings in my life are and what I am grateful for. Like, oh yeah, this sucks. Like, you know, I can't celebrate my 30th birthday, but like, is that really that big of a deal? I have an amazing family, great friends. I'm doing something I'm passionate about. I am healthy. I have my health. Like you have to focus on the things that you do have instead of what the negatives are. And I know that's so hard, especially like if you feel the weight of the world and you know what's going on right now and you you can get in your emotions and in your head, but this will pass. And I don't know how it will be after it does pass, but it will pass. So try to focus on what you do have that does you know, make you grateful. I don't understand why anyone thinks that they need to wait for an occasion to get nice jewelry for themselves. I personally did not wait for any occasion this summer. And I went on Majuri's website. I ordered myself a Libra ring some sapphire climbers. It's like this really cool earring that kind of climbs up your ear. So it looks like you have more than one piercing when in reality you don't because you're scared of getting more than one piercing because you're me and a Libra bracelet. And I also got the horizontal bar necklace and I engraved it with my nickname, which is Linny. And I'm telling you, you don't have to wait to do the same. I've been getting so many compliments on all my jewelry this summer and like asking where I got it. And I'm telling you, it's all from Majuri. Majuri is my number one place to get fine jewelry for like everyday wear. And they have so many staples, chains, like you can layer with like stack rings and stuff like that. And they're dropping new pieces every Monday, which is amazing. So you can keep checking their website for more. Like you don't need to just even wear this jewelry in the summer. Let it carry on into the fall and the winter. And because I love you, I'm giving you 10% off your first order if you go to majuri.com slash acme10. 
And so the code is ACME10. Don't forget it. It used to be ACME, but we changed it because, you know, we like to keep you on your toes. So don't forget, you can just go to Majuri, M-E-J-U-R-I.com slash ACME10 or enter code ACME10 at checkout for 10% off your first order. Check it out. Tag me and DM me what jewelry you end up getting because I love to see it. Hi, this is Deborah Messing. And I am Andana Dayani. We decided to create a podcast to introduce you to the people who inspire us most. These are the dissenters. The people who just made a decision one day to break down the establishment and build a new one. In the greatest times of grief or even the most ordinary of circumstances, many heroes will rise. You just have to take that first step. So please tune in this May for our premiere episode and catch a new episode every Wednesday. We can be found anywhere you listen to podcasts. There are heroes everywhere. Discover them. Become one. Moving back to New York. We're going back next week. And I'm really excited about it. I read a Jerry Seinfeld piece in the New York Times just talking about how New York is like so not dead. And I agree. I love New York. I was born and raised in New York. And the energy there is unmatched by any other place. I'm so excited to get back there. And will it be the same? No, definitely not. I mean, we're not going to be able to go out to Acme. We're not going to be able to, you know, party in the city. But just walking the streets of the city, knowing that everyone else is back, eating dinner outside until it gets cold, like that energy and that vibe. And just like everyone's personality who lives in New York to me is great. Everyone is interesting to me. And I just am so excited to be back and to get back into the groove of things. And I hope that, you know, eventually we do go back to normal. The quarantine effect and codependency and how to fix it when back in the city. Well, everyone knows that right now, if you have a partner, you're essentially, you've been with them like, you know, 24 seven. And whether or not you are an independent or dependent person, you kind of have become codependent with this person. And, and it's going to be a hard transition. But you go back to the city, let's say you're not living with this person, you'll start taking nights apart. And if you are living with this person, you'll start having dinner with a girlfriend and like, or, you know, your friends and they'll go out with their friends and have dinner and then you'll reunite at the end of the night. Like it's, it should be an easy transition, but it, it does seem scary because you've been with this person all the time, but you need to be able to make that transition to seeing each other, not 24 seven. I'm not saying less frequently, but not like being on top of each other and in each other's space. And you should embrace that. Like if you're in a healthy relationship, it should be not scary to be apart from one another because you trust this person. You've been with them like the entire time of the quarantine and you know that there's no reason to distrust them. So you just have to like slowly transition into being your own people, your own person again. And it's not going to be easy, but you can just fix it by doing things that you did before the pandemic and seeing your friends and, you know, if your office is open and safe, going into your office. And if you're not working right now, finding something else to focus your energy on. And I hope that was helpful. I'm going to get into the episode now because I think that you guys will really enjoy it. And I'm excited to hear your thoughts on this episode and on Indian matchmaking in general. So slide into my DMs after listening. Hey guys, welcome back to We Met at Acme. I'm so excited to be here with Vinay from Indian Matchmaking. What's up, Vinay? What's up? I'm so excited to be here too. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. First, I have to start by giving a shout out to Amisha and Bijal for setting us up with this interview. So shout out to those real ones. Um, So for everyone who hasn't watched Indian Matchmaking... Tell us a little bit about yourself. How old are you and where are you from? Yeah, I am uh, 37 years old. I've lived in New York the last 15 years. I'm from originally from Fairfield, Connecticut. And I basically came to New York right after college. Awesome. And what is your current relationship status? Well, my current relationship status is single. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay. And ready to mingle. <laughs> Love it. And I remember, I think I remember on the show, they said your birthday was in January. Could that be right? January 2nd. The yeah, worst day of the year. Yeah. Why? Because everyone's hungover? It's, yeah. Like, if you think about it, like, even when you were younger and you go back, you, back to school days, always January 2nd, the holidays yeah. are over. The mood is down. Everyone knows it's dark. It's winter. There's no sadder day in the world than January 2nd. And the worst part of, of having a birthday on January 2nd is you get the leftover Christmas wrapping paper on your birthday. That's so true. I never <laughs> thought of it like that. But you're right. It's it's a tough one. Yeah. But we love a Capricorn. So do you know anything else about your chart? Like, do you have any of those apps? Do you know what time you're born? Yeah, I know what time I was born. 9.36 a.m. But you don't have an app that like has told you things about yourself? No. Okay, I'm gonna look. I've it had up right like here. I've had like my mom take my my birth certificate to India and have like this whole reading done on me and like when I'll have kids and what my wife will be like and and my family will be like and that was just a ten page crazy long phenomenon. Let's call it. <laughs> I want to hear more about that, but while I look this up to tell you what year were you born? I know you said you're 37, but I'm not great at math. <laughs> That's all right. It's 1983. Okay, 83. And then what time again? 9.36 a.m. And where? Bridgeport, Connecticut. Okay. Okay, so explain to me, because something that I didn't understand when I was watching Indian matchmaking was I felt like in India or like in, um, you know, in the culture, they mm-hmm. look at astrology and charts differently than we do here. Like, we're just like, okay, what, this is your rising sign. This is your moon sign. Mm-hmm. And when I was watching the show, I saw so much of like, oh, we have to match them up with their, with their charts. But then I, when the charts showed up, I never saw like Capricorn. I never saw Pisces. Mm-hmm. So like, what is the difference there? I mean, I'm not, I'm no expert on that stuff too, but I know that there's, a, there is a certain thing about like what time you're born and what day and what day you were born too. It's like I was born on a Sunday, like that somehow made a difference in in this. And like, it's like something with like the stars and the moon and the moon is rising at a certain point And like the, the way the stars are aligned at that certain point. And like, it, it doesn't, it goes beyond just dating though. It goes into like wedding planning as well. Like if you ever go into like, um, into depth about in religions within Indian culture too. Like there's a lot that says like, you know, there's more auspicious times to get married based on what time, you know, like your, your, your person was actually born and whatnot. So there's a lot of in and outs with that, but like, I'm not that familiar with all that. I just kind of go with the flow. So that might have something to do with your chart, which I just looked up. So oh boy. you're a Capricorn, oh boy. as you know, yeah. um, you're an Aquarius rising, which and you're a Libra, sorry, and you're a Leo moon. And Aquarius and Libra are opposites. So how you come off to people, which is like pretty like, you know, carefree and also like altruistic, which is like, a, you know, a good thing, um, is a little bit different than what your moon is. So your moon is your emotions deep down. Okay. And you actually, and this p- probably has something to do with why you liked being on the show and kind of like having an audience is like deep down, you're a performer in so many ways. Makes a and lot like, of sense. Yeah. And like you love like attention, but like... No denying not, that. <laughs> yeah. But like, not, but not in a bad way. Like you, yeah. you love attention for like doing the right thing and like oh wow that's it's crazy that you're saying this. I'm yeah. like I'm like mind blown right now well, so that kind of like brings me back to you know oh but your venus is in capricorn so so i would say you love not in like a rigid way but not like in too over the top of a way like you mm-hmm. show your love by like showing up for people and planning things and things like that So my boyfriend and I have been together for like eight months now, which is actually absurd to me to think that the time passed so fast. But just because I'm in a relationship doesn't mean that I am not actively helping my friends find relationships themselves. And in fact, it actually makes me want to do it more so we can double date. And that's why I'm so obsessed with this new app. It's called Ship, like relationship, but just Ship. And it lets you swipe for your friends and find the matches. So it's literally like if you have that friend who's just like 
not necessarily lazy, but like, you know, waiting for Prince Charming to like barge into their house, you can actually help that happen for your friend, which is amazing. So if you're single, you could use it too. You invite a group of friends to join your crew. So basically you download the app, you invite your friends, single or in relationships to your crew. And then those friends can help you find matches. Like your single friends can match you too. Your friends in relationships can match you. And the best part is if you're not single, you can still help your friends out. Like you can be on a dating app, but just not for yourself, but for your friends. Does that make sense? Like it's so much fun and like I'm always that like mom friend that's like, no, this person is really great for you. You should really check them out. And now I get to actually match them together. So how fun is that? Date someone your friends already like by downloading Ship, the app that lets you swipe with friends. That's S-H-I-P. Search for Ship Dating in the App Store and start swiping today. You're going to really love it. What's confusing to me is on the show, you know, they matched you with Nadia. I, mm-hmm. What was the matchmaker's name again? Sumi? Suni? Sima. Sima. Okay. So Sima matched you with Nadia. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I thought that you guys were a good match. I did feel like more of a friendship vibe, truthfully. Mm-hmm. But I felt like they made you out to be like like this like mean guy who like stood her up. Yeah. And I right. feel like that can't be true. I mean, just like meeting you now, like, Mm-hmm. Does that doesn't it doesn't seem like you're the flaky type. So like what what happened there? Let me just first and foremost say that timeliness is like my biggest pet peeve in the world. So being a flake is the last thing to do. Like I even tell people if you're on time, you're 15 minutes late. Like that's the way I treat my life. And like I, I was sitting literally sitting on the Zoom before, like waiting for like I was sitting here at like 315, just sitting and waiting. It's like that's yeah. just how I run my life. And like so to be cast, I mean to be like labeled a flake it was very saddening and i'm sure like, people do make mistakes and there are times where you are not able to hang out when you when you intend to and like there's a, a lot of things that were miscommunicated between me and nadia and i will take ownership for everything i've ever done but to be labeled a flake twice like that's just wasn't true and like reality tv is crazy i mean like you hear about it all the time i watch every single reality tv show and it was like oh I, my edit was this my edit was that and I'm always just like, yeah, but like, whatever. It's like, it's still on the show. You really did this, but it's crazy how it really works. And like, you know, there's no one, I, I'm not going to blame anybody for whatever happened because like I was actually only filmed on one day. And the one day that you saw me on the camera was our, our date with the camera crew. And like, I think that date actually showed a really good side of me and my actual personality. Everything else was just more like, you know, it's a story being told and it wasn't my story to tell. Like she was the main character of the of the, the uh, show and I was just a date for her. So I don't know if they got lost in translation or how everything happened, but ad- edits are weird. Reality TV is weird, but I 100% never flaked on a girl twice. Yeah. So then what like did happen from your memory when I, I guess oh, no, I, have a great I, can t- I can give you details. <laughs> please do. Please yeah. do. Cause the first, the first one was when she was like on a boat or like near a river and she, and you like didn't show up. Like, so, so what, was the, what was that? So I mean, let me just first and foremost say to you, like, I'm not here to, to bash Netflix, bash Nadia at all. Like, I, I only want the best things for her. I'm only want to speak the truth. Cause when people ask me, why did you go some or twice or why did you flake? I can't really answer that question because I didn't do it. I can only tell the truth of what really happened. And her and I both know the truth. And I'm, I'm comfortable knowing that. And I hope she's comfortable knowing that too. So what really happened was there was a night in June that we were supposed to hang out for her friend. This was never, this part was never actually it. And this was filmed last June, I'm assuming. Last June, yes. It's 2019. Okay. Our first date was the Wednesday before Memorial Day. And now this is like, we've, we've been dating for about a month and a half at this point. Now. So it's the end of June. So like, we're pretty comfortable with each other. It's still in the beginning of a relationship. So there's still like a lot of butterflies, good vibes going. And she wanted me to come to meet out with her friends after her friend's wedding in Brooklyn. So I do her friend's wedding is going to end at like 11 or 12 at night. And I'm like, yeah, for sure. I, I want to meet your friends. You've already met some of my friends. I, I can't wait to meet your friends. It's like, it, it really meant a lot to me for them to get their approval too. It's like, I was really into her and I really wanted her friends to like me too. So one thing led to another. I had some uh, family issues in my apartment. Like my parents were over. We had some drama, which I'm not really going to get into right now. And like, that was like 
a big fear of mine when I was texting with her, which is why I was very vague because I was also very conscious of the fact that we were still were dating, but we're still technically on the show too. So I, I didn't want to like reveal all that much on there. And like, that's, that's my fault. So like, I still thought I was going to come at the end of the day. And I kept being like, you know, she finally got to the bar maybe like 1 a.m. And I'm still like, yes, yes, I'm coming, I'm coming. And then it, it got to a point where the family issue kind of superseded everything else. And I really kind of was like really, I'm a bad texter in general. Like I, I mistype every single word. Like my intent is always really on point. Like I'm just going to type things well out in text. So I ended up like, you know, like not telling her that I'm not, like I'm not, I don't think I'm going to be able to make it which she was really upset about, and rightfully so, because it looked like I'm just flaking on her at the last minute. And so from mm-hmm. her perspective, I totally get what she was saying. And even the next day when she talked to me, she's like, you know, you really hurt me. And I was like, I get it. Like, it makes sense. Like, I know I hurt you. And I tried to explain to her where I was coming from. And the thing is what I try to always do, and which is what I really want and desire in a partner and all my friends actually, is just like having that respect of empathy and, or, and being able to put yourself in someone else's shoes. So I, I'm looking at her and I can see that something is still bothering her. She's not like trusting my words. And I was like, I don't know if something had happened in the past or anything like that, but I was just like, she doesn't have confidence in me right now. So like, how can I give her more confidence that I'm here for her and I really like her. So that's when I bought her the flowers and like the chocolates I actually bought were like Nestle Buncher Crunch because when we went to the movies, they gave her stale ones and she was really pissed about that. So like, I wanted to make sure she had, enough bunch of crunch for like anytime we ever go to the movies and then mm. i gave her like these i'm sorry cookies because i wanted her to know like hey i'm here for you i really like you and i i want to see where this goes like i'm gonna i'm trying to give you that confidence and i would talk to her every day and i even actually met up with one of the friends from that wedding the next week after it and i explained myself to that friend and that friend actually understood where i was coming from right so now we're kind of like you know this is now july ish and we're about two weeks into july and like Things are a little rocky now because, like, I feel like once trust is broken between someone, like, it's really hard to repair. It's like a mm-hmm. slow repair. And for me, it, it was actually like eating away at me a lot because, like, I'm just trying to be here, being like, I'm an open book with you. Like, I own, I'm owning this, this that I messed up that night. At this point, wouldn't you have said to her, like, here's what actually went down with my family, and here's actually oh, the I reason I, I, told, I, I told her that too. Yeah. But she still, this was. Um, I, I think she just maybe just didn't believe me for some reason, and like. She has a right to believe whatever she wants. And, and and like, I mean, I just thought we knew each other better than that. And I was trying to give her that confidence too. And she just was like, I, I really just can't get past this. And like, it was, it felt like a very cyclical argument. And it, mm-hmm. and it got to a point where it was really draining. And I was, I was, I was like emotionally and like mentally drained by all of this. And to be honest, I, I had called like my friends, like a lot of, most of my friends are females too. And I called them crying and being like, I don't know what else to do. Like, I really like her. And I don't know what else I can do here. So we're trying to still repair this. And then we're supposed to go to the movies on July 18th, Thursday, July 18th. Wednesday night, I did this like um, Bollywood dance thing in Herald Square. It's a workout class. It was like 95 degrees. I woke up the next morning shivering and sweating. So I texted her because I didn't want to be a last minute flake. And then like, hey, I don't think I'm going to be able to make the movie tonight. I'm going to the urgent care right now. And I will let you know what happens after that. So then as I'm in urgent care, they give me an IV. I don't know if you ever had an IV before, but it makes you feel a a ton better all of a sudden. And I'm like, at like three o'clock, I'm just like, I feel like a new man. Like, I think I I, I still can make this movie. I I feel great now. So I text her and let her know she didn't want anything to do with me at that point. She was just basically like, I'm still going to see the movie. Um, What does it matter? What? My plan is I'm still going to see the movie with my other friend because that's what I wanted to do. And I had said, okay, you know, I understand that you want to see the movie and you already made plans. That's not like, and it was my fault for bailing earlier in the day, but I still want to come and join you and your friend. Is that possible? She said, no. And I said, you know, like, I, I get that you think that I've been a fail like a lot from that time with your friend's wedding and now this, but like, I really still like you. And I, I, we talk on the phone. And from that point forward, I never heard from her again. Yeah. So she never texted me, never called me until like a month later, she sent me like one of those texts being like, oh, you know, I tried, I really did like you and I don't think it's going to work. But that was like a month and a half after that. Your mental health is so important and I always talk about that. And I actually was at dinner this weekend and a woman came up to me and she told me that I had 
shared one of her therapist practice in one of my recommendations on my highlights. And it honestly made my night because she had gotten clients that way. So mental health is so important. Physical health is so important. But we never talk about how important sexual health is. Like for me, you know, masturbating and prioritizing your pleasure in addition to your body and mind and taking care of that too. So for me, I was so excited to hear about Dipsy. If you haven't heard about Dipsy, it's spelled D-I-P-S-E-A. It's an audio app and it's full of these like sexy short stories and guided sessions that like truly turn you on and get you in touch with yourself. So Like you don't have to, you know, watch a porn that you think is crude or that like you're not into. You literally just check out Dipsy and download the app. And for my listeners, because I really want you to get in touch with your body and your own pleasure, Dipsy is offering a free 30-day trial. You just have to go to dipsystories.com slash Acme. So it's D-I-P-S-E-A stories, all one word, dot com slash Acme, as in A-C-M-E. And you will get a 30-day free trial of these stories. You'll be masturbating for 30 days straight for free. Thanks to We Met at Acme. Um, You can thank me later when you're feeling like you're in a really great mood all the time because you're exercising your sexual health. And again, you just go to dipsystories.com slash Acme. I'm really excited to hear what you think of these sexy stories. I feel like you are spot on that like something must have happened in the past and maybe she couldn't get past it. I mean, maybe not like in an offensive way, but like maybe part of why she's still single is because she's she's like, you know, overcoming some things that might have happened to her and that she needs to heal from. I mean, I feel like So like I'm in a relationship now and I was explaining after I saw the show when we were first dating, he um, was supposed to come on a weekend trip with me and it was like a big Mm -hmm. deal. And he literally like the day before, maybe it was two days before, was like, I can't go. Like I have a meeting on Monday that I have to prepare for. So I'm going to be working all weekend. And my first instinct was to be like, wow, like this guy's not into me and like to pull Mm -hmm. back and just to protect myself. Because like in the past, if a guy had canceled on me, it was because he wasn't into me. But he, his excuse was extremely legitimate. He actually right. did have a meeting and he actually proved that to me. And he right. took me to dinner the night before I left. And like I opened up to him and I was like, I have to be honest with you. When you said that, like I was, I did not think that you were into me. And he was right. like, what are you talking about? Blah, blah, So That's I think, great that you communicated that. Like that's right. the best way to handle it. Right. So I feel like we just like, women and men, like we carry things from our last relationships. Mm-hmm. And if we don't communicate like that, then yeah, it's going to end like the way that it did with you guys. Yeah. And like, I'm not trying to be like, I'm the master communicator here. Like I, I effed up too. Like I know I make yeah. mistakes and like, I, you know, you learn from your mistakes and like the only thing you can do is learn and grow from those mistakes. And like, you know, when I see her reactions on the show too, too, and I, it hurts me to see her react that way too, because I, I don't ever want to hurt anybody. Like I still, even now, like even knowing that, what we know now about, you know, what the actual truth is versus what she said. Like, I still have a lot of respect for her. I still only want great things for her in life. I think what really hurt me a lot was the fact that I was getting such negative feedback from a female audience. And like, that's like who I try to empower the most. Like I work for like a woman's fitness company. Like I was raised by my mom and my sister. I've seen women treated badly in the past and there's nothing I, I ever care about more than standing up for women's rights. So like to be yelled at by on social media by all these like strong women like, was right. really hurtful that's, to me. That's really hurtful. Do you feel like you're done with reality TV now like based on that experience no, or you would consider something else? Maybe I would like, consider something else. Yeah, like, I mean like I would love to be I still like love reality TV and I would love to I like that I have a voice now and like I can take a negative experience and turn it to a positive. So like I'm trying to talk about things that matter like especially on the show there was a lot of issues with colorism, caste system that I try to address. There's mm. a lot of social justice issues out here. And like, I'm trying to exude a, like a positive vibe for everybody and like my, my health and fitness and wellness. And like, I think that I'm just trying to turn a negative into positive. And like, if I can have a voice, I love to, I love more than anything impacting other people. Like that's one of the reasons why I really want to have children is because like impacting the youth is a big part of my life. Yeah. So it's, 
good that you brought up uh, colors and casteism because I want to talk about that. One of my mm-hmm. best friends is Indian, and I actually was a bridesmaid in her wedding, and we did a whole For Indian all five days. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say we did a whole um, Indian dance at what do they call the Friday night thing? Sing- I mean, I, I mean, sing- not at the Sangeet, yeah, at yeah, the Sangeet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it was so much fun. Like I still have that outfit and I could wear it every day, but I was talking to her. I know. Right. (laughs) I was talking to her about just like how it was for her growing up and, um, you know, what she could relate to from the show. And she said that it was getting a lot of slack for saying like, you know, Mm -hmm. Oh, like describing like someone attractive as like, Oh, they have light skin, Mm -hmm. you know, like they're a lighter skin. And, and I was like, what's the deal with that? And she's like, that's a very real thing in India. She's like, you don't understand. Like, the darker your skin in India, it like it, it's a status symbol of like you're not, um, you know, you're not wealthy. She's like, and my mom, and they grew up in LA, um, mm-hmm. but she was like, my mom wouldn't let me go in the sun because she was like, it's I very, don't want you to very, get. That's, that's like most Indian children. Like, yeah, she's I'm like, considered... I don't want you to get tan. I want you mm-hmm. to get dark. Yeah, I'm like, I'm North Indian, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I was considered like very dark for North Indians. So, like, I I felt a lot, a lot of the colors in the, that's out there, and rightfully so. It, is affecting like in, in the show is was affecting women but it also affects men too like i was definitely told like oh you know your your parents and your sister are so light why are you so dark and i was like, mm. I don't, i'm like i really can't answer that question like, don't go outside too long you don't want to get too dark and like i still remember like in third grade being like kids being coming up to me like why is your skin that color and i'm like i don't know and, and then i remember like praying to god at night in like third grade being like please make me white in the morning. Like, that's so sad to me that I had to think the, like that that's what I would pray for at night and like hope yeah. to wake up in the morning being a lighter skinned person. And these antiquated notions, like, you know, we we accept them and that like, we shouldn't accept them. Like 2020 has taught us a lot about like ambivalence and like we see problems, but we don't actually react to them. And like now mm-hmm. that it's getting a lot of traction, I think that's a really great thing that it's kept getting a lot of traction. I think that it's going to push people to change their views and like, it's our job within ourselves and within our families to change that kind of antiquated notion so that it's not pushed to the next generation. Yeah. Agreed. What else did you think in the show was like portrayed negatively when it came to Indian culture? I mean, like the whole casteism thing I didn't really care for, or like I hated the word that I kept using for everybody is criteria. Like, and I hate right. I, the word criteria. I find very cringeworthy. Yeah. It's like, I, I don't know. Like I said this on my date too, like um, on the show too. And I said, I don't care who you were before I met you. You were divorced. You were in jail. You have 10 kids. You, you know, like you slap somebody on the street or something. Like, I, I mean, like who you are right now is the person I meet today. And I'm going to judge you from this point forward. And that's the only thing I'm ever going to know about you. And that's the only thing I care about. Like I hated that word. And I just was like, this is not, none of that matters to me. So like that, I found that to be very, for someone who doesn't know what casteism is, how would you explain it? Yeah, I would just say it's like a hierarchy of like status. And like basically there's four main casts and like and there's like a, I guess what considered like a top cast and all the way down to like a bottom cast. And like people tend to not want to marry back in the day, like maybe like hundreds of years and not want to marry back uh, out of your cast. And I guess some people are still like that. See, so like I don't really know that I've never I was born and raised here so like that's never been an issue for me and my parents and my family is very progressive and like we don't view things in that like I didn't even know what cast I was like when they asked yeah did you think that like for example you know I'm assuming you watched the whole show I don't know if you met any of the other people other than Nadia but like Adina for example did you agree with her that it was like you know, she had a great date with this guy and then like he said that he didn't know what he wanted to do for work and she was like, done. Did you think that was fair? Saying Aparna? Aparna, yes. Aparna. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I, again, I, I think reality shows are re- edited very heavily. So like, I don't know exactly what was said and what was not said behind the scenes too because clearly I know that things get cut and right. changed in certain ways. So I think that you know, she's a strong, independent woman and she has a right to believe whatever she wants to believe. And I'm, I'm sure she had her reasons for feeling the way she did. Like I personally, based on just those notions, like if someone said, like, I don't really know, I mean, I, 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 don't, I don't know what I want to do. Like I would just have a more, I'll be like, tell me more, like, let's have a conversation about it. And I'm sure she did too. So I can't really speak too much into detail now because what we show is not necessarily what the reality is. 
Was there anyone on the show when you watched it back who you were like, wow, I kind of wish they had matched me with this person? Yeah, I mean, like, I loved Ankita a lot in India. Like, mm-hmm. I love how she stood up for herself and it was like, I choose me. Like, I care about my career and like, I'm not going to let someone dictate my life, especially in the community there where she was, I felt like she was getting like, a lot of pressure to feel a certain, certain other way. So I felt like she was, I don't know, I felt really empowered by her. So like, I would love yeah, to meet her. Yeah, she was awesome. Yeah. She was awesome. So you come from a progressive family. So, you know, you're yeah. like clearly very, you know, America. Do you feel pressure as a 37 year old guy who's single, um, you know, forget your culture, just like in general? Like to get married, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess I do. Um, I think we live in a world where 37 is not that old anymore, but I think personally, I don't think it's old for anybody. (laughs) I personally just, I, I know, and I know I don't need to be married or in a relationship to do this, but I definitely want to have kids at some point. And so that's the only kind of pressure I feel because like I don't even think I'm ready at this point. Even though I'm 37 years old and people have kids a lot younger, but like I know for sure that I want kids, and like that's the only kind of pressure I put on myself. And then I mean, like I definitely get pressure from my family still. Like, like if you go talk to my mom right now, she'll probably have like five of her friends tell me that they know someone who wants to meet yeah. me and like talk to me or something like that. What would you say is the biggest misconception about a 37 year old? guy who's single like I feel like you know there's so many like oh he's ready to get married tomorrow you know I think the biggest misconception is like do you think that something is wrong like something must have happened to me to be single at 37 because like the question is like so you're 37 why are you single and I was like I don't know like I just like you know I I live each day for each day and like I just I just ended up being 37 years old like I'm obsessed with my friends I'm obsessed with like working out, I'm obsessed with my families. And like, you know, like I just, maybe I just don't put in enough time for relationships and maybe that's on me, but like, there doesn't necessarily have to be something wrong with being a 37 year old single person. It's not like I had some sort of like stigma in the past that killed me that or affected me and made me be a 37 year old. Like, and I have some sort of like deep rooted baggage. Like it's okay to be 37 and single. Like, it's no different than being 29 single. Yeah. Are you on dating apps and stuff? I am. I don't use them as frequently as I should. <laughs> like, I only go on them about like once a week. And it's more like just to get rid of the notifications because like, I really can't stand seeing notifications on apps. Yeah, I feel but you. That's It's just that's... hard to like, like, you know, like, yeah, again, it's like something that's like on paper or like, like in, a, in an app and you're like, okay, like, yeah. And it's like, and like now, especially, I mean, I guess I'm making excuses now and it's probably another reason why I'm single or something like that. <laughs> but uh, like in the COVID era, it's like, oh, well, what's the point right now? I'm not going to meet anybody. How are you going to meet someone? You have to have a positive attitude. You definitely I mean, I have, I have the antibodies, someone. so I, anyone can meet me. <laughs> like, I have there you go. Badly, but no so. one knows if that's a pickup line or not now because everyone's right? using it. <laughs> yeah, like now I was like, oh, you know, you can still get it again. I was like, I never said I couldn't get it again. I'm just right. saying I have antibodies. Yeah. Do you uh, do you care if your future partner is Indian or not? Not in the slightest. Like my sister mm-hmm. didn't marry an Indian guy, and I'm obsessed with my brother-in-law and my niece and nephew. Mm-hmm. And it means that it's like something my dad had said too was just like when he met my brother-in-law, and I asked him because I was just curious how, on his philosophy of it all. I was like, "Oh, like you care that he's not Indian?" He's like, "Once my sister said that she loved him, he instantly fell in love." too and like that's all that matters that his kids are happy and like I love that answer and like I I like stand by him for that answer and like I love that they think so highly of your choices yeah I love that do you think it like means anything and if so like what does it mean that none of the couples from the show stayed together I mean I don't think it necessarily means anything because like what do you, you met someone for like a month or two like I mean, how many, how many times on The Bachelor did things not work out there? Like, how, like, it's not like how many actual relationships and marriages have actually worked out on that? So it's like, again, it's just like a short-term thing. And like, you know, like I'm sure like if they filmed the show for a year, there, there could have been some couples that actually ended up meeting and matching. But like the, film was, the show was only filmed for a small amount of time. So I don't think it really says anything about her as a matchmaker, but like, or like the show in general. I just think that the show message I got from the show was basically like, 
there's a, there's a lot of problems in how we view criteria again, and that's what we should focus on, at least yeah. in my mind. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, that's what attracted me to Nadia as a character because her criteria was like a good person. Whereas right, everyone that, else. Yeah, that was mine too. Like, I think that's why we got matched. Yeah, because like everyone else was like, they have to be over six feet. They yeah. have to be like skinny. They have to come from a rich family. They can't be a lawyer. They can't be a doctor. You yeah, know, it's yeah. like, it's too much. It um, is too much. Okay, so we do this really fun thing on our Instagram where we ask okay. cool questions every day. So I'm going to ask you some rapid fire questions. Okay, I'll do my best. <laughs> <laughs> Would you rather marry a super hot person or someone who is far less attractive, but very wealthy. Super hot. <laughs> um, would you take a job that pays less, but is in the location you want to be in? Yes. 100%. If you I think that's your... why I'm in New York. <laughs> yeah, that's why everyone is. If you and your significant other don't ultimately want to settle down in the same place... Is it eventually a deal breaker or can it be worked through? I think it definitely can be worked through. I think communication is everything. Yeah. Going upstate with family and friends. Oh, this is a stupid one. Hold on. Okay. <laughs> it's all right. You can read it. <laughs> no, it's like it's like it's like one person didn't get a COVID test. Like, should you go? Like, no, uh -oh. don't go. Um, after six dates, they want a relationship, but they're still adding new people of their desired gender on Instagram and liking their pictures. Is that a red flag or a deal breaker? No, I, I think that once, if you have confidence in your own relationship, it doesn't matter. Like I have so many female friends. So like, right. to me, I would think that having those friends would be a red flag to a lot of girls, but I think that if you have that communication and people understand that, you know, how you guys are together, that shouldn't be a red flag. Yeah, but you're not really making like new female friends. But I mean, I could be too. And I, I just don't think that's a red flag. Cause like, right. I think that if you, if you know that person and you know where they're coming from and you know where their heart is. Then yeah, yeah, I guess. Like, I, think I, like I personally wouldn't care if like a girl was like, I was dating, started adding like, you know, like these like supermodel guys onto their yeah. Instagram. I'd just be like, you know, you're with me. You say you like me. I'm going to take, I'm going to believe that. Right. Unless they were a sketchy person to begin with. True. Like I have exes who were super sketchy who whenever they like added someone new and were messaging them, like they were for sure cheating. But like, I mean, I give everybody my phone too. So like they can go through it all. So like I have no problem doing this. Yeah, so like, yeah. You, you want to add it? You want to look at my DMs? That's fine. Right. Can you feel a spark after one or two phone FaceTime dates or do you need to give it more time dating virtually than you would in person? Yeah, I think that you need to give it a little bit more time, but I am definitely the 10. I definitely tend to fall really fast, really quick. Like I, Every first date I ever have, I think that this girl is like the, I've never met a girl like this before that I'm in love right away too. But I think the virtual ones tend to be a little bit harder because like, there's something with like that physical touch and like that, yeah. you know, that vibe that you feel. There's like an energy in the room when you're face to face. That's true. Would you move in with random roommates in a new city if they seemed normal? Yeah, why not? Yeah. Okay. Would you, this is similar to the other one. Would you rather marry a really hot, dumb person or someone who is far less attractive, but very smart? Very smart. If someone you've been on one date with offers to make you dinner for your second date, is that too soon? No, why not? There's no yeah. harm in that. I agree. Your significant other responds to your group chat when they're on your phone doing something and says something ridiculous. Would you care? No, I would just be like, oh, that wasn't me. But it's funny if, yeah. if she says something funny. <laughs> okay, good. Because I did that last night. Yeah, no, um, my, my friends used to go, like, I used to be go like, in my apartment, like my computer would be like logged into all social media. Yeah. So, like I would be like at the gym and they'd be in my apartment and they'd be like typing on my face. This is like when Facebook was huge. So it's yeah. like 20, 2010. But they'd be like writing posts to people and I, I'd just be getting notifications on my phone. Like I know it's there. And I was like, this, this is hilarious. Yeah. I used to do that shit all the time. I would, I would <laughs> change my friend's Facebook status when I was at their house to something <laughs> so embarrassing. Like, hey, can't wait to hit the club tonight with my homies, <laughs> like bottles on me. Um, would you go on a second date if you found them funny and nice, but not that attractive? Yeah, for sure. Okay. And if someone comes from a very wealthy family 
and they don't date because they are afraid of being used, would that be able to change if they met the right person? I'd like to hope so, because otherwise that's uh, very scarring for them forever. Yeah, that's scarring. (laughs) You and your ex still share locations with each other after being broken up for six months. Keep their location in case you want to avoid them or stop sharing it. Well, most of my exes, I mean, contrary to what you've seen on TV, I'm actually really still friends with and friendly Mm. with. So I've actually become like best friends with a lot of my exes too. Maybe that's just the vibe I give off to. (laughs) Ah, I would feel like that was such a red flag. But again, like not if it's like someone. Yeah. Like if their personality goes along with that. Um. Just broke up with significant other. You ended on good terms, but their whole family unfollowed you on Instagram. Do you have a right to be upset? I don't think you have a right to be, but I definitely would be upset about it. Yeah. Is it a red flag if you're not sexually attracted to them on date one? No, not day one. Oh, that was another thing I wanted to ask you. There was like no sex in Indian matchmaking. What was that? Like they just wanted it off the table? Yeah, I mean, like a lot of it was, Yeah, I mean, I think that we had like one like little kiss on screen. Like that was the only actual kiss. But like historically in Indian culture, there is a lot of like, there was a lot of like no kissing or anything on TV. So like it it just, it wasn't part of like the whole matchmaking process. Like I think they were just trying to keep that very separate. Yeah, that's fair. What do you like better when you're following someone on Instagram when they post solo photos or couples photos? Couples photos. Yeah, I feel like you like, like, I don't know if you're like me, but like, I love love. So I'm like, oh, I'm so happy they're happy. Yeah, exactly. But like, nothing is what it seems. Um, Yeah, true. (laughs) Especially on Instagram, right? (laughs) Yeah. Is it a red flag if by date three, you know you like them, but you're not, there's not like a crazy spark or attraction? I still don't think it's a red flag then. I think that it it still could happen. Yeah, I agree. With people in the past who you dated, did you usually feel a spark within one to three dates or four dates plus? I felt a spark in like one to three minutes usually, but (laughs) definitely date one. Yeah. Okay. That's all of the rapid fire. Awesome. It's been so wonderful having you on the podcast. This is such a fun conversation. I can't wait for everyone to hear it. Where can everyone find you and follow you and see what's next? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram. It's um, Chada, C-H-A-D-H-A, for the Vin, like instead of for the win. I love that, by the way. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like I saw it as like a wedding hashtag once that like, you know, the um, couple was like, guy was named Benet too and like yeah. his wife was like Sheila or something you know like Sheila for the Vin I was like oh what a great wedding hashtag and I was like I'm making it my Instagram now because yeah, <laughs> like, I'm not getting amazing. married yet that's amazing I love it thank you so much Benet and hope thank you have a you. great rest of your day you too 